Hey, good people. This is your NI Dom back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, I am starting off with several things on the brain, but I believe I'm going to um, focus on one. I'm going to tell you what those three things are just in case there's some integration that, that um, happens or some, yeah, some cross-pollinating, if you will. Uh, but I, my intention is to talk about the inheritance. But let me tell you the other two things that are on the brain. I have also on the brain identity, sh- identity shifting. <laughs> Let's say that again. Identity shifting and surviving and thriving, which is a topic that I talked about. I think it was somewhere around like June 4th, June 6th. It was a reflection and response to the husband and wife team. They had done some uh, content about INTJ women surviving surviving and thriving in the world. And I had responded to that. So I listened to that content today and um, have some things I want to say as a result of listening to it. Um, But um, so I don't know if I'll do it in this reflection or the next. I also, like I said, have identity shifting on the brain. I mentioned to you in the previous reflection that I did start a new job. I really haven't wanted to talk about it because there are a couple of steps that need to happen to finalize it. So I kind of want to wait until those two steps happen. But all the same, um, identity shifting as a result of that, or maybe not. Maybe it's as a result of something else. But identity shift is on. Is, identity shifting is on the brain, uh, and I think that that's ushered in by the new job. But we're going to talk today, or at least I'm. I want to talk intentionally about the inheritance, which is about what my my dad and his sister, my aunt, left behind for me. Or maybe not what they left behind. And um, it's something that I may have mentioned in the last reflection. But um, there was that last reflection. It was kind of a train wreck. I'm not proud of it. But show me some love anyway. (laughs) Listen to it because it really, really uh, surveys all the stuff that... um, all the stuff that all of the things that have been on my mind while I was on my break over the month of July, and I think that it's important context and helping you understand as I move forward into season five. So, you know, suffer through that a little bit with me and <laughs> go check it out. I haven't listened to it, so I shouldn't really say it's a train wreck when I don't fully know. So, um, but yeah, so those are the three things that I'm on the brain. I'm going to try to talk about the inheritance, what my dad and aunt left behind and I'm not saying this is I'm not saying it in a positive way <laughs> so you have to let me get on the other side of this disclaimer so I can like unpack that a little bit for you before I do that let me give you a little bit of housekeeping if you cannot tell I am on the road um, driving and so uh, you can hear the I think you can hear it But you definitely can tell I'm not in the house. So I did two tester uh, recordings just to get a sense of how it sounds. It doesn't sound the best, but I do think it's doable. 
And I think that um, I'm having a hard time. It could be just with the new job. I'm not sure. I have to figure that out later. But I'm having a hard time being motivated to do a reflection. And I'm thinking, is it that I don't have a lot to say? I don't think that's it. I'm always processing. But for whatever reason, I'm not... When I'm in the house... Maybe I'm not in the house. I've been very busy. It's summertime. I'm highly active, right? So maybe it's just the fact that I haven't been in a space to record. So I'm doing a little bit of a road trip for my job. I have to go to a conference. It's going to be about four or five days. i got to get there. And I'm on the road driving. And so... I'm just going to do a little bit of talking to myself and let you witness that, okay? All right, you guys, if you are new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theory. The two that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. That's going to be discussed today in The Inheritance. I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist, and half of that time has been in leadership. And that's the cool thing about this job. Well, we'll see. The way the job was presented to me was that it was going to be a really nice blend of the education, my education background and the social science background. Very similar to the job that I had, that I started off last year. The job I had last year moved me in in a number of different roles, but I started off as an equity coach, which really does nicely pair education and social science. And so... This how this particular job was presented, although at another level. You heard me talking a lot last year about positionality, and so this position gives me that. Um, however, since I've been in just for one week, it looks like um, there's more business development than they they didn't talk about that, but it's definitely business development, and I am over. Joy, I can't even tell you how excited I am about that. Now, I'll, I do wonder if um, I do wonder if the business development side is going to replace the social science c- component. Um, and then I have to think about how does that feel because business development is a significant passion point of mine. Significant. Um, I don't talk about it often just because I don't really get access to that work outside of my own private maneuvering. So, you know, as a de- as an organizational developer, that's what I had to do, business development. Um, yeah, so it's definitely in me, and I didn't, I didn't realize how much... It was in me, still in me, because I'm, I'm not doing business development. I, well, that's not completely true, but I'm not doing it at the scale that I was doing it before. And so as I've been interacting with the new job over the past week and I'm seeing that need, that area, that domain um, present, and I then see it activating parts of me that I thought were like from an old, an earlier version of myself talking about identity shifting. Ha, ha, ha. See the integration there? 
Um, I, I just have been pleasantly surprised. So I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> that was a rabbit hole. I am a trained and practicing educator and social scientist of about 30 years. Half of that time has been in leadership. Um, politically, I uh, subscribe to tenets of critical race feminism, which means I have an intellectual sensitivity to power as relating to social constructs, such as race, class, gender, sexuality, to name a few. This podcast is unedited and it is unscripted. To know more about it or me, please visit my website at youranidom.wordpress.com. I just realized I did something that I said I wasn't going to do in season five. I said I wasn't going to call those disclaimers. I said I was going to call them opportunities and lean into those parts of me more. Ha! Does that mean I don't really want to change that? Or did I just simply forget? Time will tell. All right, so let's talk about the inheritance. Um, my, um, my dad, if you are new to this project, my dad passed away in September of uh, last year. We're almost at a one-year anniversary, if you want to call it that. Um... His structural, his remains, his structural remains, I guess, the things he left behind, there was technically nothing for his kids. I don't think that I was really expecting anything because of how estranged we were all. But it was still hurtful all the same. And I think... And I wonder if... Had he... Even even if he had not left anything behind... If we had an opportunity to close out his affairs... We would have been able to say, okay... Talk to his wife, hey... You mind if I get this? You mind if I get that? Just as a memory for memories so but we didn't do that Um, I shouldn't say we his youngest child did it all in the name of her mother and I do have resentment towards that I'm not even going to lie I have a lot of resentment towards that a lot And I just have to give myself some grace and trust that I'm going to mature and grow out of that. Um, I know I had said I would not talk to her. I said I was done with her. And that's not the case. She spent the night at my house last night. We're going to talk about that a little bit, hopefully. So, she closed out my father's affairs. And I don't really believe she should have been the one to do it. I really don't. Although I do think she had a right to make sure her mom was taken care of. And like I told her, had her had our father passed away with my sister being out of town, because she was out of town for about four years. She'd just come home a few months before he passed. Um... I wonder did they tell her to come home 
That's an interesting. That's interesting. She hasn't said that, but I am curious. Um, she's anyway. Had my sister still been out of town when my dad passed, my other sister, my double sister, and I would have definitely made sure she was taken care of. I, I can't see a world where we wouldn't have been. We wouldn't have done that. Now, to my youngest sister's credit, or not credit, but. I don't think that we would have closed out the way she would have wanted to close out because that's her mom, you know, and I don't think anybody is going to I don't think anybody is going to take care of mama the way your child will take the the, the mama's the mother's child will take care of mama does that make sense hopefully so yeah so anyway so she closed out my dad's affairs and um i was i got a chance to do the obituary and i tend to fall back when it's when it's un when i want to say irrational conflict because it was like, well, what is, what's the point? I can't, I can't fight that. Because that's... His wife has... Every, that's her legal jurisdiction. And because his wife is... Uh, my stepmother has... Is considered... Um, I don't know what her technical... She's got a disability. Um, then that means her child does it. Now... Is it that, does it mean that's her youngest child? But that's who she stepped in to do it. Okay, like I got that. I didn't. I don't. I didn't like how it it um, pushed me out of it. But legally, that's just what it is. Now I'm not gonna lie. I did call and called a couple of attorneys. I did some homework, and uh, that's how I feel. That's how I was able to make peace the legal jurisdiction of it all and I'm not going to go in debt fighting something that my father didn't secure that's just I'm not going to do that I'm just not so so that's how it ended that's how it you know that's how and then me feeling really saddened by it and I, I both of those are true like even though I understand that I didn't have a legal case to have my hands on things I get it it's still sad that I couldn't do that for my dad it's very sad it's like unbelievably sad for me overwhelmingly sad it's really really sad for me so so there's that um, I will say that I have found a policy uh, but um, I haven't I have I think that there's a 10% chance that that policy is still good. Um, that my dad had taken out at some point on my behalf. I mean, not on my behalf. Yeah, yeah for me to be the beneficiary in case he passes. So I, even if that account is not active, I still take refuge in that. That at some point my father thought enough to to make sure that I would have something in case he passes you know and so there's a part of me that's delaying 
going to find out if that's true if that account is really really um, inactive because man as long as I can hold on to the possibility right but it's sitting on my desk it is something that will get taken care of I think I just with the job switches and July being a lot of family time and I just found it a few weeks ago so and I did make a phone call so anyway but anyway I went off so as of now nothing was left behind and I've had to make peace with that I did tell my um, sister because she's got this really weird thing with me I, I really need to unpack that I have no idea what it is. It's something. There's something. She's got a certain type of attachment to me. I don't know what it is. When I think about the four attachment styles, I don't even know if it falls within one of the four attachment styles. But you know what? It might. Maybe I should consider it her weirdness with me as relates to one of those four attachment styles. I never thought to do that until just now. So, um... In June, at the end, of, middle to end of June, she came over and she like started poking her head and wanting to spend time with me. And I struggle because at the end of the day, I still consider myself mature, even though I'm grieving and have resentment and sadness. I still acknowledge that I'm the oldest and I still want to be an adult that's what I want I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm you know I don't know if I I'm successful in it. I don't know if I should be successful. I don't know. But that is, you know, I desire, I aspire to be mature. I aspire to be my best self. I aspire to be healthy. And part of that aspiration means acknowledging when you're not mature, when you're not functioning in your best self. And I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's, I don't know if it's unreasonable to be sad that I was excluded from that now let's and I'm going to try to say this is what she would say if she heard this she would say I didn't exclude you 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 removed yourself and I did because I wasn't going to uh, do things under her leadership that's what I removed myself so I was excluded there so let's let's let me be more precise with my language I was excluded from the leadership role of closing out my father's affairs and I I actually was prepared to co-do that with her as relating to her mom but it got it got really up uh what I wasn't going to do is go through some of the fights, um, the psychological trauma, drama of trying to 
co-lead with her because she was doing things to indicate that she doesn't trust me that I was out to get something that I didn't deserve it was a lot of she it was just really weird behavior and I did I pulled myself back from it I let my sister do it because my sister doesn't have an emotional attachment to my father and my sister doesn't identify as the leader you know as the head you know I I identify as the head of the family and technically I I'm not because I have a brother that's oh my dad has a son that's older but he's never even tried to occupy that role. He sometimes tries to make little comments, but honestly, he doesn't. He, he even says, I know you were raised as the oldest, which I was. So everybody's got the memo except my youngest sister. Now, I could fight her for it. And that's where we were, we were headed into that area of getting ready to like square off and fight. And I'm too old and too overweight to be fighting let alone that's not a healthy version of me so when we were about to square off to fight the next day after my father passed away I said no I'm not doing this if this is what it's going to mean I'm going to pull out and then her her comment was oh you're just going to leave me to do it all baby I'm not getting ready to do this with you with all of the toxic energy and this is the part that I really want to, I really need help with, honestly. Because it's toxic energy, and I don't know another way of describing that. But I also know, I also wonder or believe maybe that when people haven't made a commitment to live in a healthy way, they don't even, they have not made a commitment to investigate what does it mean to be healthy. Who am I to say that their behaviors are unhealthy? Can I? Can I legitimately say that something is unhealthy? Can I do that? I don't know. I don't know. It feels it feels like I don't want to. I don't know. Part of me feels it's unfair to say, "Oh, her, your behavior is unhealthy." Like who am I? I don't know. I don't like it. So, but anyway, I pulled back because I wasn't going to be fighting with her. I wasn't going to sit there and let her um, act as though she was the overseer. She was, it, it was crazy how she was like, it was like, it was almost manic how she was hyper obsessing over who was doing what, like even something. So, so like, this is something that she, so um, my aunt, my dad's sister, because she was living at the time, she called me a couple of times. My half-sister was like, why is she calling you? Really? Like, she was... And I, it, uh, this, is, it, this is where it gets... It, anytime I have to talk about someone's um, motivations and their intentions... It's difficult. I'd rather just respond to, I can see what you, your, I, I, I see, I clearly see your motivations. I can see it, but all I need to do is do what I got to do. And so if, 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 if somehow me knowing your intentions, your motivations help me to do the thing I have to do, then that's great. But if it doesn't have anything to do with, if, if, if I don't, 
if it doesn't matter, if you're knowing your intentions or your motivations, if it doesn't benefit me at all, I hate talking about it. So I'm like, what are you talking about it for? Like, what is it to you? I'm talking to myself. What is it to you to know their motivations? Like, it is something that I'm, I do know, but I'd rather just not lean into it. Like, why talk? Okay, yeah, you know it, but it's not going to benefit. It doesn't benefit you to know it. So why are you focusing on it? Don't, don't focus on it. Just ignore it. So that's how I like to feel. I like to respond to that. But here I am talking about her motivations and it just doesn't feel right. And I can talking about it doesn't leave room to calibrate. If I'm taking action and I'm getting a reading, I can always adjust because the reading, what if the reading is off or as I as it becomes clearer. So anyway. But she was she's very this is my reading. She's very... I don't know if I could say this. I want to say she's very set on rendering me as not relevant in that... As... And that family... I'm not... I'm not relevant in a positive way in that family structure. Like, she knows I'm her sister. She knows that I'm my father's daughter. She knows I'm related to my aunt and my cousin. She knows that. But it's like she wants to minimize the significance of my role. I don't know if that's true. So, but I do know that she, re, re, on repeat, will say, well, why, why is, she asks, like, why am I, Involved in certain things. Why am I present? Why, like, like, like it has to be explained. She spent the night last night, and I was telling her I got the new job, and how I wish I can. I wish I can call dad. Would you? Would you have done that? Did you do that? I said, yeah. There was not one major shift. There was not one major thing that happened in my life. Well, I shouldn't say. There's one thing that no one knows about, but or that I didn't confront. But there's not one major, there's not one job shift. Let me put it that way, not one that I didn't talk to him about. This is the this job will be the first time I didn't process that with my father. And you guys know that I talk. Our relationship was really turbulent. But we had a relationship all the same. And how I make meaning out of that relationship is my business. I don't go in there and make meaning out of her relationship with that she had with our father. I respect when she says X, Y, and Z. I respect it. I, I really do. But for whatever reason, she wants to render that relationship as not significant. I don't know why, though. I don't know why. There are a couple of theories that I have I don't know why I don't know so she said last night why would you do why why would you do that like why would you call him <laughs> I said because I did I, 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 I shared all of my 
job situation. I t- said I called and I talked to him. I I processed with him. And and so last time we were together, so we spent I spent a lot of time with her in July just because like I said, July was a family it was a family month. I don't know if I want to keep making July a family month. That's something I got to think about. But um, she asked several times, like my cousin turned off the. Hold on a second, guys. My cousin not turned off. My cousin. My cousin um, gave me the pictures, the family pictures his mother kept. And I suspect, seriously, I'm about 85% sure of this. And that's that's a low rating for me. But I want to be fair. I've, 85% of me believes she called him and said, why did you give those pictures to her to hold on to? Because she's always asking why. I think I told you guys before when my father went into surgery and was discovered he had cancer and I made the phone calls. She was like, why is she there? I don't get it. And it hurts me. That hurts me. It, it, it. I don't know. And I wish somebody could explain to me why does that. I can't put words to why that hurts. Why it hurts that she doesn't understand my presence, as though she's rendering me as she's. It's like it feels like a form of erasure. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why is she there? Because I'm his daughter. And the truth be told, my father and I weren't talking. My father and I weren't talking when he went to the hospital. That one, when they they rushed, he went to the doctor, and they they said, "You, we got to put you in surgery immediately." He had a blockage. And he called me. And he asked me to come. That's a big deal. I knew he was scared. He wasn't going to admit it. But he, that was. And before they put him under, you know, he said some kind words and told me to hold on some things. One of the things he held, had me hold on to was one of his prize rings. Like he had won a ring for top salesman. And uh, he asked me to hold on to it. And then after he came out of surgery, he told me to give it back. Because he said anything that happens, anything, anything that happens, to, anything that I have, if something happens to me, goes to my wife. And I, yep got it so I don't know if I said this to you guys but in April when my um, aunt passed away we got together for the funeral my sister half sister came to the house 
and gave me that ring. I don't know if she knows that that was the ring daddy gave me right before he went to surgery. I don't know if she knows that. I didn't, I didn't confirm it. I didn't say it to her. I'd cry. So I have that. So thank you. Thank you, little sister, for giving me that. Yes, I don't like that she was in a position to do that. I don't like that she was in a position to decide what it was that I, I would get. And there's a part, a strong, stubborn side of me that, is, that would be like, no. But I took it. Because this is what happened with his vehicles. He had about three or four cars. They determined which one I was going to get. And not that I was going to have. Which one I was going to pay for. I was going to buy. Because. And I was like. And that's where my double sister and I. We were. It, 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 we bumped heads a little bit. Because she was upset for me. She said she advocated for me to get that car at the, at the rate that they were going to sell it to me. I was like, there's no way in hell I'm getting ready to buy my father's car. I'm sorry. And after, I'm sorry. No. I, no, I'm not buying that car. After I, after, it better have been one thing had I been part of the decision making. You get Like maybe, but no, I wasn't going to do that. And I was like, no. And I unequivocally, what's the word? What's the word? Unequivocally. Anyway, without a doubt, hands down, whatever the word that is I'm trying to say, no. And my double sister was bothered by it. She said, from now on, I'm staying out of it. I was trying to look out for you. And I'm like, I don't know how you explain it. I don't know how that works. You give that card to me. And then... And she didn't get the most recent. She took the recent, most recent car. And the, the the theory was she had to get her mother back and forth to to doctors, which is true. I don't have a problem with that. Except now you're talking about putting your mother in a home, or you don't. There is too much of a burden to take care of her. Are you gonna Are you gonna turn that car over when you do? Nah, and she's probably just talking. And she and I, I suspect that that you know taking taking over that when her mom is a lot, and I suspect she wants me to help. And that's where it gets a little bit. Comf- this is where I'm going to go into the inheritance part because I didn't really expect on saying so much about her. But that's the context. I mean, that's a part of it. I. Um, I haven't eaten today. The only thing I've had today was a, a smoothie. And it was like a cup. So, I'm hungry. I need to go and figure out. I gotta get some food. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm sorry. Just, I don't know. I just, that was random. It just hit me. I'm hungry. Uh, so, anywho. Um, so, it's complicated because I didn't have to have a relationship with my stepmother through my sister. 
my relationship with my sister has always been complicated. My relationship with my stepmother has not. But now that they're merged, I, I'm really struggling with having a relationship with my stepmother. Because I do not want to go through my sister to have that relationship with her. And I've got it. I, I, I seriously do not want to go through my sister to have that relationship with my stepmother. And my sister's like, I, I can stay out of it. No, you say you did. I watched her talk to my double sister because I guess my double sister is going to take my stepmother out of town. And maybe that's what I can do. And what? And then I watched my youngest sister give my sister, double sister, a lecture on how to make sure she takes care of her. And then she's like, I'm not trying to be controlling, but I mean, she's my mom. That's exactly it. But she's been your mom for 31 years. And we didn't have to interact with you. So no, it's just, it's, it's just, a, it's just controlling. And I'm, I'm a control person, so I'm not, it, I'm not mad. So anyway, so there are all of these things here that she is centered in, um, in terms of anything that would have been left behind. I feel like she is there. So my dad's possessions, she was there. Okay. My stepmother, she's there. I don't know what to do with that. And then when it comes to my aunt and my cousin, my dad's sister and his nephew, And this idea of why did I why did I get the pictures? So we were all together, like I said, we were all together for my aunt's funeral. Um, but we got together again in July, and she asked this question: something I don't remember. And I'm, I'm I know I mentioned this in the previous episode. Um, I some I don't remember what started the conversation, but I said I got thirty years of being daddy's girl. I'm fifty one. I was fifty when my dad died. I had thirty years of being daddy's girl. Ten years of being his daughter, and then ten years of being his nemesis. <laughs> we're from daddy's girl daughter to nemesis but even in that even in that the last 10 years that last excuse me 10 months the last few months of his life we talked we talked for hours and like now the last talk I had of his was not positive. The last time I heard my father's voice wasn't positive. But I talked to him. My sister talked to him a little bit. My double sister. My single sister didn't, hadn't talked to him at all. My brother hadn't talked to him at all. So you, this is, I think this is the point that I'm trying. It's like I feel like I'm trying to explain. I'm trying to prove I really was his daughter. Because if it's up to her, I wouldn't be. So when I made the comment about 30 years of being a daddy's girl, she was like, well, what, what changed? I wanted to say you. 
Well, that's not completely true or fair. So anyway, you guys, this is something that's bothering me. I'm not going to lie. It is really, really bothering me because I don't know how to store it. Maybe that's what it is. It's I don't know what container to put it in in my mind. I feel guilty for thinking what I think. I just don't know. I don't know. So, so anyway, so these pictures that my cousin left me, they really keep vacillating back and forth. Are you giving me the pictures to own or are you giving me the pictures to hold on to? And I didn't ask for the pictures. Right before he turned the pictures over, he was sending out text messages. If anybody want to come and get some pictures that mama had come and get, pick, come through and pick out some pictures. I guess nobody went. He didn't want to throw them away. He asked me would I take, take them. Okay. I drove to him. I picked up the pictures. They were all unorganized. I think I may have talked to the I talked to you guys about it in June. And I organized them. And all of a sudden, he starts going off about how I don't own those pictures. I'm just holding on to them. He's going off on Facebook about it. He's making a lot of to-do about these pictures that I didn't ask for. And nobody better not get those pictures without his permission. He has to see, he has to approve it. So then my double sister was like, went in protective mode. And I feel a little guilty because she went and said, you gave those pictures to the wrong person. If you thought that my sister talking about me is going to sit there and let you dictate to her rules around those pictures. It was crazy over pictures. And then she made the mistake. I gotta get made. I would say made the mistake of saying, "Stand down, stand down, bitches, bitches, bitches." She said bitches, but but that's how he talks. But when she said it, he lost it. Shit. Excuse my language. I should have taken that exit. He lost it. Even though he talks like that and worse. He talks like that and worse. But anyway, so I already told you guys this. I went and took pictures of the pictures that I thought were most important. I told him he can come and get the come get those pictures or I'll put them up for him for a year. I'll put it in some safe deposit box and I'll pay for it for a year so he can get settled and get those pictures because I'm not going to be responsible for those pictures and I'm definitely not going to um, those pictures are not going to be an, an access point for foolishness I sound like my dad I don't do foolishness that's what my daddy would say so 
he then comes back and said, no, I gave him to you. I trust you. I, you have to excuse me. I know I go off. Okay. See, but the problem with that, that apology or that is that he, he spent his entire adult life interacting with my aunt in that capacity. They fight. They make up. They fight. They make up. And I, he does doing that with his daughters, his girls, his kids. And has said some horrendous things about them on Facebook. Something that no father should ever say about his daughters. Not at all. Not at all. And I know if you have that capacity to do that with your mother and your kids, what's stopping that? What's stopping you from doing it with me? Because you were trying to. And so I think one of the things I'm learning about myself, I guess I shouldn't say I'm learning. I should have known this all along, but apparently I didn't. I don't, I'm hot or cold. I'm not lukewarm. Either I'm going to be very supportive, supportive, loving on you, patient, kind, gentle. Well, I'm not dealing with you at all. Or we, or, uh, excuse me, or I'm, we're fighting. And I, I guess if I'm going to do lukewarm, my lukewarm is cut it, not dealing with you at all. That's my lukewarm. That's my lukewarm. So, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with it. So, so those pictures were a big deal because he was like, I mean, every every uh, like every and he was doing this before his mom died every periodically he would come into a text thread and just just be antagonistic like I knew your father I was closer to your father than all of y'all nobody knew your dad like I knew him I know all the secrets and I don't know in what world do you think that that is okay to say to his grieving kids like even if that's true what does it benefit his what are you doing when you come on and you say that to his four kids that didn't have the best relationship with him what does that do I don't understand I don't understand it so I I spent a lot of energy ignoring when he would do that just like let him have that that's how he's grieving fine But I think once he started doing it directly about these pictures and saying stuff like, I might be the matriarch of the family, but he's the ruler of the family. <laughs> Y'all know. You don't know. If you don't know, you, you need to know. The feminist in me was not having it. You are nobody's. First of all, I didn't ask to be the matriarch of the family. How am I going to be the matriarch or something that doesn't exist? We were never brought together as a unit when those when those parents were alive. When my I say parents, call them my aunt, like a parent. When my aunt and my dad were alive, they didn't treat us as a unit. They had individual relationships with us. That's why we don't know how to interact with each other and their death. Get off and get gas.
So, no, I'm not going to try to be the matriarch of something that doesn't really exist. Crazy. So anyway, that was, um, that was, that was that. So he started coming on the text thread being antagonistic and calling me, saying how he, like, oh, we were going to live together. It was just two of, the two of us, I guess, because I'm not married. And he said, well, you said you didn't want to be alone and it's going to be the two of us now. You know what? If I thought he was sane... I, first of all, do I look like I need to live with somebody? <laughs> no. But I'm not going to lie and say um, it would have been nice to feel like my cousin was going to look out for me. And we would look out for each other. But looking out for each other did not mean living together. And so we, we didn't have that kind of life relationship as adults. So anyway. So the inheritance point, because I got to close, because I got to get gas and get back on the road, say, uh, maximize as much daylight uh, sun as I can. The inheritance is they left nothing behind. They left nothing. This guy was walking up to the car and then he didn't understand why I was looking at him like, yo, what's up? <laughs> he probably didn't realize he was walking to the car, but yo, what's up? They left nothing behind but drama. No material. Like, I think my cousin is going to be okay because his mother left behind something for him. Thank God. No material for us, for the rest of us. No unit, no family unit of family loving. Not a lot of fond memories. And now I have these two people who want me to take care of them emotionally. My sister, she would never say that she wants, I want her to take care of me emotionally. Excuse me. She would never say that I am, at, that she's asking me to take care of her emotionally. But she keeps calling. She came over last night. I'm going to spend the night. She's been wanting to do that. No. That's what my other cousin wanted to do. They want to be able to come and spend a night in my house. That's what my brother did. That's what my other sister did. I'm sorry they are welcome. I'm sorry that these other two don't have an open door invitation to spend a night in my house. I'm sorry. I feel really guilty about it. Because that feels like I'm showing favoritism. But those my, uh, my sister and my brother don't bring that drama. And when they come into my house, they don't mind. We take care. It's reciprocal care. I'm not just taking care of you. You're taking care of me. We're taking care of each other. That's not the case with these other two entities. In, in these other two individuals are, there's a weird love thing happening. I love you, but I'm going to fight you. And it's not just me personally. That's how they love. My sister has three other brothers on her mom's side. She don't get along with them. My cousin has six kids. He he's not getting along with them. He didn't get along with his mother. That's how they do love. My sister sat on my sofa last night and shared some things. She opens up to me and, and then she battles with me later. It's a really weird thing. 
I, I've asked her to get some help. I said last night, are you, you going to do therapy? I said, I do therapy. We need it. We come from trauma. I try, but I said, it's not an easy thing finding a therapist, but it is worth the work. It is worth it. And then she, as she said, I wish you were my therapist. You better, you, you, oh, I, I got about a thousand curse words that ready to come out of my mouth. Because that sounds something similar to somebody else I know who said something to me, wanted me to be their caregiver. There's something about, that's the, that's the two part of me. So, and the Enneagram, the eight, when she, when she goes to her higher self, she leans, leans into the two. We're protective. I can care for you. I'm not going to be as like kissy, kissy, huggy, touchy because I'm an INTJ, but you're going to be cared for. You're going to be taken care of. And I don't understand what these, these two individuals wanting me to take care of them and they're not giving anything back. But a battle. No. I reject that inheritance. I reject it. Okay, I'm back. <clears throat> I filled up the tank and got something to eat. I didn't eat. But I got the food all the same. I'm trying to get back, like I said, make the most of daylight. Um, so I've been paused about 15 minutes, and that's kind of good. I'm glad I didn't rush to close this reflection because I was able to just sit in my thinking a little bit. And not that anything profound came to me in the, <laughs> within the 15 minute break but I'm still glad I had a moment to pause before trying to wrap this reflection up one thing that I thought about is going back to the idea of attachments and um, um, and you know this is why I do call it an inheritance because my relationship with my uh, cousin and my sister my half sister is a byproduct of my my my, my father and, and my aunt. That's what they that's they're doing. We can't now. I do agree that moving forward, it's up to us to build that relationship. But so much of who we are was impacted by those individuals, and I believe. At least for, I've, like I told her, my sister several times, I said, you got to get to know me outside of what dad said about me to you. And I think that's part of her, I think that's part of her confusion because he probably said some really mean things about me. He probably said some mean things about me. He probably invalidated me to her. That hurts. But... I'm going to put that in. I'm going to put that. You hear me? I'm going to put that in the mental wellness bucket. It wasn't. I don't think he was well. And I've just. Because I have decided. And if any of it. Even if you take well mental wellness out of it i'm gonna put that in the last 10 years of his life bucket but it was something because his 
you know, his stepkids, his, the, the three boys that weren't his by my stepmother, when they they grew, you know, grew up feeling really sad that they didn't have a relationship with us, like sad. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know what was discussed in that household. I know my brother, you know, I've said this to you before. My brother was like, why are we different from them? I said, well, our mothers didn't stay. Well, didn't stay as long. And I think that that had an impact. So, I don't know. And so, um, I just, I do know that part of, I don't want to, um, I want to, I want to find a way to, I want to help find a way to memorialize my dad in my heart, in my mind. And it's not that I have to sit there and be delusional about him or our relationship. Not at all. I can say both and. I can say the last 10 years was very difficult. And I can still say I was daddy's girl. My half-sister's like, oh, that's big of you. No, it's not. Because, I mean, Matt. So, for example... This is how we think differently. So she's really struggling because she sees some some things in herself that remind her of our father. But because she has such a negative view of him, she um, she's having a hard time seeing. She's trying to have a hard time having a positive relationship with this part of her. Now I've gone through this already, where there were things about me that reminded me of my father, and I was trying to distance myself from that. And so I've done that work already. I've gone through that phase. So I'm not judging her for going through that phase. I get it. Um, and I, hopefully, I can be of help to her. I didn't. I don't even think I told her that that I went through a phase. But I also maybe what I feel is different is that I don't look at my father's negativity. I don't see my father's blemishes the way she sees them. So she said, like, my father was a talker. He didn't do anything. And then he did all of these big things in the beginning of his life and then he didn't do anything. And, um, and I said, so, I said, are you going to look at the last 10, 20 years of his life? Or are you going to look at the sum total him? Because I look at the sum total. And when you look at the sum total, the sum total outweighs his quote-unquote lack of productivity in the last 10, 20 years of his life. What I didn't say is in the last 10, 20 years of his life, he, his wife became disabled. And he wasn't able to... That's not an easy thing to do. something is hitting me right now and I don't know if this is fair or accurate but he also got really into church and I think I'm relating to that because there's a ministry side there's a I want to do good in the world I want to I want to do good in the world and then I also want to have these I want to have these business ideas and I want to be prosperous and they don't that's that's why you guys hear me talking about capitalism because when I talk about capitalism that's me confronting both realities I want to do good in the world and I want to be okay financially 
or you hear me say, I want to be secure. I want my big bundles of toilet paper. And capitalism does not allow that to come together. Because sometimes doing good in the world doesn't have a high demand. And capitalism is about supply and demand. Nobody's going to pay you for something that they don't value. But just because they don't value it does not mean it's, they don't need it. And I think I, I, didn't, I didn't consider that until just now. My father hadn't really, probably hadn't confronted that. Of wanting to do good in the doing good according to God's to the voice of God however he heard God however he conceptualized God and then wanting to be prosperous and they just didn't go hand in hand not easily so that and then my sister and then he didn't go to my father didn't go to school to learn not that you don't have to go to school to be smart and my father was a very smart man. But I do think you need to go to school if you're going to interact with people who other people who've gone to school. If you're going to be managing people who have gone to school, you need to know how they how they think. You you need to have those literacies. And so my sister brought that up last night like, you know, and I'm like, you can go to school. She doesn't for whatever reason she was like I'm like, I'm like daddy, you know, she didn't call him dad, but I don't want to, she, she called him by his name, but I don't want to say his name, but I'm like dad, um, you know, he didn't go to school and he didn't do anything. He, he dwindled off, but the sum total, and I said, she's done some amazing work through her creative self. I don't, I don't know why she's feeling it's over. I don't know, but it could just be how that grief is hitting her because that grief is real. And we're, I think that grief, she doesn't know what to do with it because she's angry with him. Fine. She says she doesn't like him. Fine. She doesn't acknowledge him as her father, really. Like, she kind of goes in between. Fine. And I think because of that, she doesn't acknowledge the grief. And I think that grief is hitting her because I know, I mean, you guys listen to me. I was dealing with a lot of, what is life? What is death? What is reality? You know, I, you know just a lot of things that it just really I can it's dark when your parent dies it's a dark it just has a it's loom it has a dark like it, it's a dark shadow over what would be considered hope and optimism and being able to be in the see in the future is there's like a darkness there's a shadow that goes over that I, I you know yeah so but I tried to speak light to her last night. I really did. I, did. I tried as much as possible. But, I mean, I was really anxious that she spent the night. I I think she has a... She, I don't want to get into her problem. I get into her business. But I think there's some things that are going on that made me feel unsafe in the house with her. I, 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 don't, I didn't like the feeling at all. At all. So, that's not an inheritance. That's for me. I'm sorry. I will not. That's not. So anyway, that's all I'm going to say. I, I was going to say, well, let me just close here with this idea of attachment. There are four types of attachments. Um, and I talked about that before. Um, I don't. One is um, 
I like you and I like me. That's a healthy attachment. Then there is, I I don't like me, but I like you. I think that's an anxious attachment. Then there's, I don't like you and I don't like me. I can't, I can't think of, I don't know if that's called ambivalent. I can't remember what that one is called. And then the fourth one is, I like myself and I don't like you. And that's avoidant. I think that's avoidant attachment. And I think it's safe to say that my cousin and my, I don't know about my cousin because I've really, but I definitely believe my sister has a, I think that that attachment, I think, I think she vacillates between I don't like you and I like me and I don't like you and I don't like me. (laughs) I don't think it's ever about I like you. I think... I think intellectually there are things about me that she respects. But we had a really interesting conversation last night about having people around us that we that we that we can learn from them that they're smart. And um, you know, I said told her she needs to find somebody that she looks up to and have them mentor her. I said, it's got to be somebody that you can look up to unless you don't believe there's anybody in the world that can teach you anything. And then she was like, do you feel like there are people? Do you feel like um, there are people who are smarter than you? I said, absolutely. I don't think that she can't outsmart me, though, because she's so smart. And she's so used to outsmarting people. I think that that's a battle. She can't outsmart me. Now, she's a musician. She can outsmart me in music and create all day long. She's, I think she writes better poetry than I write. But that's a hard thing for me to admit. Because I feel like my poems are good. I think she's better in that area. But I don't want to look at her like that. Well, who's better at like, oh, but I think that's how she... And so I think that there is a... There's a, I like you... I like you. What's this? There's a book called I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. I think that's the name of that book. I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. I don't like you. I don't love, but I need, I, for whatever reason, have an attachment to you. And I think that that's her t- attachment to me. I think my cousin was trying to create that. I think he was trying to position, like, okay, that energy that he had towards my aunt. That, that attachment where, you know, I love you, but I'm fighting with you all the time, you know. I think he was looking, that energy needed a new home. And he was trying to place that in my lap. And I was like, matrix maneuvering, like side, trying to sidestep it. No, no. And I felt guilty. I felt guilty because, and I do, I feel guilty. I, I feel a lot of guilt. Like I'm not stepping up to the plate to be something for these two people that don't want to go get help to be healthy and until you do that you're not going to have healthy relations and I'm, I do the work and I still struggle with having healthy relations because of my background with trauma so but I feel guilty and it would be nice if I had somebody around to say you're doing the right thing you're doing the right thing to stay away from that but I've learned a long time ago, unhealthy people will not encourage 
health, unhealthy people will only encourage unhealthy behaviors, will only encourage and affirm. When I had this friend who was sleeping with a married man, had his baby, fine. And then when I got entangled with a guy and I did not know he was married because he lied to me, the moment I found out he was married, I cut it off. And I mean immediately. And she did not like it. She couldn't understand why I did that. And not only did she not like it, and did, she ran interference and tried to set it up where we were talking. She tried to trick me into talking to him. Why would you do that? And this is something, I guess this is where I guess I'm going to really end here. Because I'm look, I was looking for affirmation this past July as I was trying to bypass those unhealthy behaviors. I was looking for people to go, you're doing the right thing, but no one was doing it. And because no one was doing it, then I was second guessing myself. And that's hard when you're trying to be, do self-care, be healthy, and you don't have anybody that's like, nope, dodge that, stay away from that. My sister said she understood, but like today, I sent a, a, a series of text messages last night about how ha, having anxiety about her coming over, and so my sister said, I understand how you feel, but I'm so glad that she had a place to go. She cannot have my, my house will not be her safe, will not be her safe refuge, safe haven. I'm sorry. I'm going to pray about it. I am so sorry. I, here's what I will do. I will put some money together and help her to get therapy. I will put some money together and help her if she's struggling. I will help. I cannot do that emotionally. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. That just can't be my inheritance. I'm sorry. And I, I'm sorry. So maybe as I record this and I come back and I listen to this, I can encourage myself and I will be that voice that I'm looking for it in the world. But anyway... You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. Hit this conversation about health, you know, what was it about? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, of course it was about grief. It was about sibling rivalry. Yes, it was all of that. But I think this idea of obligation, it's about obligation. Are you obligated to take care of somebody or when are you obligated to take care of somebody? When? When are you obligated to do that? And I don't know. I don't know, but... When are you obligated to take care of someone? And is there part of that obligation? Where does emotional health, mental health maturity how does that play a part in that obligation how does that play a part in that how does it play a part in the obligation and where does self-care play a part is it selfish is it selfish of me to do this to pr protect myself is it selfish I don't know but I'm gonna err on the side of self-care I do feel guilty I feel bad about it I think that's where the passion and the frustration comes because I want this to be easy. I want it to be an easy decision. It is not, though. I want what's best for her. I think she's a beautiful girl. I feel sorry for her. I don't have it. I don't have a, an, an overflow, an abundance 
I don't. I'm sorry, I don't. So anyway, if this reflection, like I said, is at any value for you, please give it a heart. If the conversation about obligation, familial obligations, emotional wellness, self-care, um, attachments, if any of that, any of this relates to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share it with those participants. If my moving about has caused some randomness in you, I would love to hear it. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. You can also find me on Twitter at yournidom1, as well as YouTube and Facebook at simply yournidom. Let me give you your assignment. Okay, I'm sorry, you guys. Um, thinking about your um, homework assignment has opened the reflection up a little bit for me, and so I... I might have to extend this just a little bit. What I was going to ask you guys is like, have you ever had an have you ever had an obligation given to you? That's not true. Have you ever had an obligation that you didn't feel right about that you didn't want that you didn't own? And what it made me think about is who defines the obligation? Who determines the obligation? Is the obligation something that you vow? I'm obligated to you, so this is what I commit to you. Is the obligation that somebody else determines? Whether that somebody else is an individual or culture. Who who determines the obligation that you are expected to fulfill? Where's your agency in that? That's what came to me as I was thinking about your assignment. Who determined that obligation? And how about this? Who defines it? I can definitely commit to my sister and my cousin that I will encourage their health and their wellness. That's, that's, I can commit to that. I cannot commit to being the recipient or excuse me, the receiver of an attachment relation, attachment style that is push pull. Love, hate. God, that's not my obligation. I didn't define that. But I can love you. And this is what I've said to my sister so many times. It's okay if, you know, when she wants to say, you're not this, you're not this, you're not this. And I don't like it. I don't like. And I've said to her so many times, it's okay then. It's okay for you to separate yourself. You do not have to be around somebody that you don't feel safe with or you don't feel they have your best interest at heart. But I never thought, it's just been re- re- recent that she comes, there's this, like, it's almost like she feels like she has to. And I feel bad for her. And I think she talked about wanting something because she can't get from her mom. It's just really, it's something that she wants from me, y'all. It's something. But anyway. I'm going to tell you, I didn't, I didn't make that vow. I didn't make that vow to do it in that way. And I didn't define it that way. I'm more than willing. And let me say this, and I am going to end here and then I'm put it back on you. I am more than willing. I am more than willing to enter into a healthy relationship with those individuals. I'm even willing to do the work 
it's not going to be the same. Like there, no one's going to get to de- determine what the work is. But I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to give some of my energy and my wellness to doing that. I can definite. I have no problem saying it. I won't do it for the other person. And I'm not going to sacrifice my progress in the spirit of trying to do that. So in saying that, word about you. What's an obligation that you have that you have not, you didn't define it. You didn't define the obligation and you didn't elect for that. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't elect to have that obligation. You didn't elect to have it and you didn't define it. But you have it all the same. Why is that? What does that mean? What's that means? What what is your agency in that? Or what, what, how do I say it? What's the root of that, your agency being erased from that? If you have an obligation that you did not define nor elect, how do you have it all the same? And what does that mean about your agency? And what does that mean about your sense of self? You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.